This episode is brought to you by Magic Mind. If you like scary stories, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories Podcast. (laughs) Sit back and relax. Keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times and enjoy the ride. There's something behind the wall. New owner. I'm recently divorced. My husband got the house. I got the savings and our dog. With the money, I bought a nice house in what seemed to be a peaceful neighborhood. The majority of the houses in the neighborhood were similar to mine. Two-story brick colonials built in the 1920s, but they were all well-kept and modernized. My dog's name is Jasper. He's a very protective rat terrier. Jasper was immediately taken with the basement. It's a full basement with concrete floors and walls. It was partially finished. Apparently, one of the previous owners had intended to turn it into a library as there were floor-to-ceiling bookshelves against a couple of the walls. I just planned on using the basement for storage. Being that I was still settling in, I was in the basement a lot as I brought items down that I determined I wouldn't be using in the near future. Every time I opened that basement door, Jasper would race down the stairs and run to one of the walls that was lined with a bookcase and bark. My fear was that I had mice, or worse yet, rats. But in the short time I had been in the house, I had seen no evidence of rodents around the food areas in the kitchen as one would expect if they had such a problem. This became a regular thing for Jasper. He teared down the basement stairs and sit in front of that one particular wall and bark at it. He'd do that for hours if I let him. A couple times late at night when I was fast asleep, Jasper woke me up barking at the wall in the bedroom. He'd sit at the foot of the bed, stare at the wall, and bark. The same thing happened in the bathroom once. I had just gotten home from a hard day at work and decided to take a nice hot bubble bath. I had actually started to doze off when I heard Jasper start barking. Again, he was staring at the wall as he yipped. I was starting to get concerned. What was it about the walls that had Jasper so agitated? One day, while I was organizing some boxes in the basement, Jasper had another barking fit. As usual, he was staring at one particular bookcase-covered wall. But this time, he wasn't just sitting there barking. He was digging at the center of the wall, as if there was something behind it. I was about to inspect it closer when I heard a knock on the front door. It was my next-door neighbor. I had seen him tending to his magnificent flower garden a time or two, but we had not officially met. He was a portly gentleman in the late 60s. 
His thick rose frame glasses didn't go well with his khaki bucket hat, colorful Bermuda shorts, and tan Crocs. He held a constant sour expression and introduced himself as Hubert. I smiled cheerfully and told him it was nice to meet him, but he interrupted me by holding up his hand. You can dispense with the pleasantries, miss. First, let's discuss your lawn. I was confused. My lawn looked fantastic. It was just mowed the previous day. I told him as such, but he wasn't satisfied. Yes, I saw your lawn, boy. And after he completed the job, I measured the height of your lawn. It's approximately three quarters of an inch higher than mine. In the future, please advise your worker to use a lower cut setting. I was at a loss for words. I couldn't believe the nerve of this man, but he wasn't through. Next, let's talk about your tree. He pointed up to the 60-foot maple tree that was the centerpiece of my front yard. That's your tree, not mine. The leaves on this tree are yours, not mine. Thus, if I find any leaves in my yard, I expect you to rake them up. Am I clear? Before I could respond to his inappropriate demand, he moved on to another subject, Jasper. And about your dog. I can hear him barking at all hours. I expect you to get control of that. You know, the previous owners had a dog. He barked a lot too, at first, and then he died rather suddenly. A sly smile broke through his sour expression. It would be a shame if something happened to your little dog. I was appalled and furious. Did you just threaten to kill my dog if he doesn't stop barking? I did nothing of the sort. I simply informed you as to the unfortunate demise of the previous homeowner's annoying pet. Good day. And with that, my jerk of a next-door neighbor marched back to his property. That night I was awakened by the distant barks of Jasper. The barking was coming from the basement, which was strange as one of the last things I do each night before I go upstairs to bed is tug on the basement door to make sure it's shut. On this night, my routine was no different. To my shock, the basement door was slightly ajar. I slowly made my way down the long flight of stairs to the basement toward the angry yaps of Jasper and found him barking and digging at the bookcase. What was behind that wall that always had Jasper so enraged? It was time to find out. I ran my hand over the edges of the bookcase. It was sturdy and well built. But when I grabbed hold of one of the shelves and shook it, the bookcase seemed to give slightly on the right side, as though it had just moved backwards a little bit. I gave it a hefty push and it rocked backwards again. Finally, I put all my weight behind it and shoved it with all of my might, and to my amazement, the bookcase spun open. It was a false wall 
and beyond it was a tunnel. It was a vast stone tunnel that was so long it disappeared into the darkness. As I contemplated my next move, Jasper darted down the tunnel and out of my sight. Jasper! My little companion had made the choice for me. I had to go after him. So I entered the eerie tunnel and began walking. The tunnel was dimly lit by a string of small lights that were fastened to the tunnel ceiling. The subtle scent of mildew draped the air. I expected the tunnel to be chilly, but it was surprisingly comfortable in temperature. I came to a ladder propped up against the tunnel wall. I looked up and could see that it led to a second and third level. I climbed up it to find a wall with various small holes cut into it. I put my eye against one of the holes and found myself staring into my living room. I climbed to the third tier of the tunnel and found holes that spied into my bedroom and bathroom. Someone had been peeping on me. Jasper's barks were growing more distant, so I hurried back down to the main tunnel corridor and started following his barks. I came to an abrupt halt when I passed by a room. It was a small room. There was a table against one wall stacked with novels. A small burning candle sat on a nightstand which was positioned next to a dirty, twin-sized bed. A wrinkled blanket and puffy pillow sat atop the bed, as did a freshly opened bag of potato chips and a hatchet. I stepped forward for a closer look and gasped when I saw the glistening of fresh blood covering the hatchet blade. That's when I noticed the blood trail leading out of the room and down the tunnel into the darkness. I didn't want to go any farther. I bent down and emphatically called for Jasper. When I did, he stopped barking and a few seconds later, I could hear the click of his nails on the tunnel's cement floor. Jasper greeted me with a multitude of vigorous licks to my face. I quickly gathered him up, hurried out of the tunnel, and called the police. There's something behind the wall, Gunther. Most houses in this neighborhood had coal furnaces at one point. Tunnels were built with rails to easily move coal to the furnaces back in the day. In the 1920s, bootleggers utilized the tunnels to transport and hide booze. Nobody is aware that the tunnels exist anymore. Except for me. My name is Gunther. The tunnels are my home. When I was a young boy, I lived at 313 Madison Street with my parents. My father knew about the tunnels. He showed them to me. He said if the police ever came to take me away, that I should run to the tunnels and hide. Why would the police want to take me away? Because I hurt little girls. I didn't want to. All I wanted to do was touch their fine, soft flesh, and to bury my nose in their bountiful hair and smell their sweet fragrance. I wanted to explore their bodies with my hands, 
Girls didn't like when I did any of those things. They screamed and hit me, so I'd scream and hit them back. People referred to me as psychotic, even doctors. They said I wasn't normal. I learned that it was best if I stayed away from girls and admired them from a distance. I was still a boy when my parents were killed in a car crash. I overheard people saying that they were going to put me away in a mental hospital, so I ran to the tunnels to hide, and I never left. The tunnels run underneath every house in the neighborhood. Every house has a wall in the basement that opens and leads into the tunnels. Over the years, I mastered the tunnels and how to utilize them. I can come and go into any house in the neighborhood as I please. I set up a series of peepholes so I can watch them all and learn their routines. I know when they are home and when they're away. And when they're away, Gunther plays. I eat their food, watch their television, lay in their beds, and they never even know. And the women, mm, the women. I watch them from the protection of my tunnels. I watch them sleep. I watch them change. I watch them bathe. The biggest problem I encounter is when one of the families gets a dog. If the dog is fat, lazy, and friendly, it's not a problem. But yipping watchdogs are. They know when I'm behind the walls and they bark. Those are the dogs that I poison. A new woman had moved into the house at 459 Monroe Avenue. She had a yippy dog that was on to me. Every time I looked into the wall, that dog knew and barked. It had to be dealt with. I waited until the middle of the night. The dog slept in the bed with the woman. If I were quiet enough, I'd be able to sneak into her kitchen, poison the dog's food dish, and get back into my tunnel without being noticed. That was the plan, anyway. I entered the woman's basement, climbed the stairs, and opened the basement door. The door creaked just a little bit, but not enough for anyone to hear. Except for that dog. That little annoying thing came tearing down the hall, barking at me. I turned and fled down the stairs to the basement. I just made it to the tunnel before it caught up to me. I'd have to wait for another day. I laid down on my bed and opened a bag of potato chips that I had taken from a different house earlier that day. As I munched away, I could hear the little dog barking at the secret wall in the basement. Surely the woman would wonder why the basement door was open. I had my fingers crossed that wouldn't cause her to start investigating around. It was then that I was shocked to see a man standing in my doorway. He was a young man in his thirties, athletically built. He was in jeans and a t-shirt. By his expression, he was as shocked to see me as I was to see him. I didn't know who this intruder was, but I knew he must die. Nobody could know about my secret tunnels. I grabbed my hatchet from the nightstand and charged.
There's something behind the wall. Neighbor across the street. I finally talked my wife into letting me turn the basement into the most momentous man cave of all time. Big screen TV, surround sound speakers, refrigerator, pool table, card table, a bar, tavern decorations, and anything else I could think of. It was dumb luck that I found the tunnel. The wall was made of a huge bookcase. It looked cool, but that's where I wanted to put my TV, so I took a sledgehammer to it. I knew the wall behind it was concrete, so there wouldn't be much risk of harming the foundation. But a funny thing happened. One of my swings hit a soft spot in the back of the bookcase and dented it in. You can't dent concrete, so I knew something was up. I started pounding away at the bookcase even more, and suddenly the thing spun open. I couldn't believe it. Then I saw it. The tunnel. I discovered some kind of ancient tunnel system. I walked all around it. I traveled under the entire neighborhood, and shockingly, there were secret doors to every single house. And the back of the doors were labeled with the addresses of the houses. What was this place? As I meandered down one of the many tunnels down there, I stopped when I found myself in the doorway of a room. An occupied room. There was a tall man with stringy white hair laying on the bed. He was dressed in dingy coveralls. He was clearly undernourished, scrawny, and very pale. I guessed him to be in his late 60s. He jumped from the bed and faced me. His light blue eyes were filled with confusion and then rage as he picked up a hatchet and let out a battle cry while charging me. I wanted to run, but he caught up with me before I had the chance. Lucky for me, I caught his wrist as he brought the hatchet down or he would have buried it in my chest. We wrestled around on the ground for a bit and somehow I managed to gain the advantage and get on top of him. He was flailing around with that hatchet and it's a damn miracle that he never connected with it. In a flash, I pulled the hatchet from his hand. He was still slapping and punching at me. I just meant to hit him with the side of the hatchet to subdue him. But the hatchet slipped in my hand as I brought it down, and the blade of the hatchet crunched into his face. He was obviously dead. I pulled the hatchet from his skull and threw it on his bed. I then began pulling the body down the tunnel. What I was going to do with it, I had no idea. That's when I saw another secret door open at the end of the tunnel. I pulled the dead body around a corner and peeked out as I watched the woman who I recognized as my new neighbor across the street from me. Her dog caught up to me and started barking. I tried to reach out and pet him, but he snapped at me. I was in trouble. When the woman saw the bloody hatchet and the blood trail, she'd call the cops. What was I going to do? I heard the woman call the dog. Luckily, he went to her and they both exited the tunnel. I took a few minutes to collect myself and devise a plan. The police were going to find the bloody hatchet and follow the blood trail to wherever I pulled this body to, so I couldn't bring it back to my house. I had to leave it somewhere in the tunnel far away from my secret door entrance. The problem was, whoever's secret door was closest to the dead body would be the prime suspect and I couldn't do that to any of my neighbors. They were all good people. Well, except for Hubert. 
He was the jerk who lived across the street from me. He'd call the police if my kids played a little too loud in our yard. Once my kids were playing catch with a big bouncy ball. They accidentally kicked it into Hubert's yard. He picked it up and popped it with a pair of garden shears. Once I parked my car down the street because I had relatives staying for the week and wanted them to use the driveway. Hubert called and reported my car as an abandoned vehicle. Sometimes I'd be out in the yard and I'd look across the street to find Hubert watching me with binoculars. When he'd spot me, he'd point to his eyes and then point to me, letting me know that he was watching me. I mean, who does that? I used to have a dog. If I ever let him out without a leash, Hubert would call animal control. That dog died unexpectedly. I always suspected that Hubert may have poisoned him. I drugged the dead body to Hubert's secret door and even went a step further. I pushed Hubert's secret door open and pulled the dead body halfway in. <laughs> Try explaining that one, Hubert. Let me tell you about our sponsor for this episode, Magic Mind. Magic Mind is a drink made with all natural ingredients that is scientifically designed to improve energy, focus, and mood while decreasing stress. I've seen Magic Mind described as a productivity drink, and I think that's fairly accurate. Let me tell you some of the benefits from my experience with trying Magic Mind. First of all, it's very convenient. It's pre-made. There's no mixing of powders or anything like that. It just comes as a ready-made shot, and you could drink it at room temperature or chilled. I personally would recommend chilled. I would describe the taste as a mix of vegetables and honeydew melon. After taking Magic Mind, it seemed like it just took less effort to be productive, and it really helped to kind of hone in that focus. It eliminated that morning groggy feeling, and overall, I just felt less overwhelmed, less stressed. I thought it was very beneficial, and if you want to give it a try, here's what you need to do. Go to magicmind.com maniac and use the discount code MANIAC20. When you do that, you're going to get 20% off of a one-time purchase, or up to 50% off if you do a subscription. Again, go to magicmind.com slash maniac and use the discount code MANIAC20. That's M-A-N-I-A-C-2-0. We hope you enjoyed the show. We're dying for you to come back for more. <laughs> Visit ManiacOnTheLoose.com Sign up for our newsletter and I'll give you some free stuff. We'll see you soon. Very soon. Fragments of Fright Volume 4 has been released. Four times the suspense, four times the danger, four times the terror. Go to maniacontheloose.com slash books or 
Go to Amazon and search for fragments of fright. <laughs> 